The Denver Broncos will officially have a new owner potentially in place by the 2022 NFL season. What does Broncos country need the most from a new prospective owner or owners? Not to mention the Broncos, they're filling out their offensive coaching staff. An OC has been hired and a quarterback coach and a passing game coordinator. How might they help the Broncos transform the offense? Let's take a look at a Senior Bowl preview. Some of the quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl this weekend. You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Locked On Network and Nine News. Thank you, Broncos country, for making this your first listen of the day every single day. Locked On Broncos is free and available everywhere you get your podcast and audio format. You can watch us here on YouTube in 4K, high quality, high definition. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on any day's worth. The Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage all year long. Because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. Sarah, look, there is so much that we got to break down on today's episode of the show, my man. So much being put into motion here. We'll obviously talk about a lawsuit, I think, tomorrow's episode of the show. But just so much being overshadowed here by everything that's going on around the NFL. One thing is for certain, the Denver Broncos will more than likely have a brand new owner or owners in place for the 2022 NFL season, thus ending the long period of time of the Broncos being run by the trust that Pat Bullen had set up. Yeah, it's exciting news, Cody. I think finally people can, you know, for lack of a better term, people can finally shut up about this. (laughs) You know, like it's just getting to be so (laughs) old, the arguments that we all keep having about the owner and how an owner would change this and that. And I, I think like... Everyone is thinking a new owner. What's the number one thing that we need from this new owner? Deep pocketbooks, baby. And why? Because then the Broncos will be able to do things in terms of just manipulating the salary cap and and adding players that they just – a lot of other teams are able to do that. Look at the New Orleans Saints. They're going to get out of a $74 million salary cap hole. Why? Because they're able to put so many, you know, so much money into signing bonuses and things like that. And the Broncos will be flexible enough to be able to do that kind of stuff and kind of be a little bit ridiculous with it. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at other teams. The Broncos will be able to do that again. But again, I warn everybody, be careful what you wish for with a new owner. And I think that'll be the very interesting process because the Broncos at this point in time, the ownership sale will go up in an auction-like setting. So it's like whoever the highest bidder is, they get the Denver Broncos. And the expected valuation for them is around 4.2 to maybe $4.3 billion is where the team may be sold. Obviously, that's a huge payday. Obviously, the Broncos from when Pat Bowen had bought the team originally has increased their value significantly over the years. And obviously, as price inflation, we factor that in. The Broncos are one of the premier organizations around the National Football League up for sale now. And the team announced it yesterday. The uh, uh, Joe Ellis had put out a statement saying that the beginning of a transition of ownership will begin effective immediately and the Broncos will be up for sale and more than likely the owner will be in place for the 2022 NFL season. Now, I think the question that we've had here on the show is going to be one singular owner is going to be an ownership group. We do know at this point in time, there are going to be various ownership groups that probably get formed to try to make a bid. But if somebody, one singular owner with deep pockets, as you allude to, comes in and says, hey, I want the Denver Broncos. 
Well, there you go. But it also has to be approved by 24 of 32 team owners already. So that is an obstacle in and of itself based on whoever comes in. And more than likely, I think an ownership group would probably have the easier favor, the easier path of being approved. Unless, like what we see at the NFL top level ownership here, this is another conversation we'll have obviously this week because the Broncos are linked in a class action lawsuit right now that Brian Flores has filed against the National Football League, uh, uh, alleging obviously hiring racial discrimination practices by the NFL, the Rooney Rule. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think the one thing to kind of keep an eye on here, Sarah, too, is the ownership group right at the top level. These are people with loaded pockets. And oftentimes, as we know, it is a good old boys club. And it's who you know. And I think that's a very dangerous precedent that we see right now in the NFL with singular owners. I would love to see an ownership group take over for the franchise. That would be that right there. Uh, but outside of that, and I think the vested interest for the fan base is probably going to be more important, Sarah. You and I have both talked about it here on this podcast, what the Denver Broncos need in their next ownership, whether it's a singular guy or if it's an ownership group, they need somebody that has a vested interest in the outcome of the on-field product, what goes on you know, off the field, the, the pulse of the fan base, and also works as hard as the coaching staff. And I feel like Dave Logan did a great job of summarizing what he'd like to see in the new Broncos owner. In your opinion, where are you at with this? Like, What would you like to see from a new owner or owners? I would love to see just like what you just said, vested interest in the team and the, and the success of everybody and somebody who's willing to be collaborative. In addition to the fact that I think obviously you need to have somebody with deep pocketbooks like an ownership group. I think you need somebody that's passionate about the team, wants a team to succeed. Like we talked about Mark Cuban sitting sideline at the at Mavericks games, you know, like that's just cool to see from an owner perspective. Like the owner is a fan of the team. I'm not necessarily saying that the next owner has to be Mark Cuban, although I like your idea that he, you know, maybe, maybe he could be, uh, maybe it's him. Maybe it's somebody who's like him. I love the idea, obviously of Peyton Manning being part of an ownership group. I threw this out there a few years back. Cody about Peyton Manning and like LeBron James who was on his Monday Night Football broadcast and things like that like we know LeBron wants to eventually own part of a team or own some form of an NFL team so I just think it would be great to have some kind of some kind of diverse group of people in there who you can you can bring this melding pot of opinions to the table and of course like you need somebody who's willing to make the executive decisions that need to be made the tough decisions for the team but always looking to do what's best for the team that that's to me is something that like you know that's where Peyton Manning I feel would really come into place is like he's going to do what's best for the team he's got a pulse on the fan base he's got a pulse on everybody else in the NFL like I don't know, is there a more respected guy in the NFL than Peyton Manning? I mean, I feel like he's just at the top of the list. Everybody knows him. Everybody wants to know him. Everybody loves to be around him. He would be a fresh voice at the ownership meetings. He would be a fresh voice everywhere that they go. And for the Denver Broncos perspective, always forward thinking. You know, Peyton Manning is always on top of everything. So I think that's a no-brainer to me. I hope he's part of the, the winning bid, so to speak. No, I'm with you there, too. And, you know, one thing I would really love to see as well, I would love to see Brittany Bowen involved in one of these ownership groups as well. Obviously, with the payout when the team does sell, she will get a substantial amount of money from that. I do think that she'll probably have a strong interest in purchasing, a, you know, a stake of ownership to keep it in the Pat Bowen name and the Bowen family name, which I think is super, super important as well. Right. And, you know, ideally, I would love for her to take over the team. But there's a belief that, you know, obviously she's a little too young to own an NFL team right now. But she has taken every step and what Pat Bowen has outlined for a Pat Bullen 
beneficiary to be able to take over the team. She has done everything that he has outlined, but unfortunately the process that the NFL is putting on the Denver Broncos to get a sell, to have ownership there is definitely pressing because obviously that rule is coming up where it seems they don't have representation of ownership. They can be fined, I believe, millions of dollars per year if that's the case. So the Broncos obviously getting a jump on that with the ownership search. We will see who is there. I would love to see Brittany Bullen involved on the back end of that as well. And Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We'll Sarah Bettinger and myself. We're going to talk about the Broncos. They're filling out their offensive coaching staff. They've officially hired their offensive coordinator. They've hired a quarterback's coach. Who is it and what can we expect from them? You get that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. It's our good friends over there at the GetUpside app. And ladies and gentlemen, listeners of Lockdown Broncos, they are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time that they fill up. All you got to do is just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. Cash back. You don't have to pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. And some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back. And there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card brand like Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app right now on your favorite app store. Use promo code touchdown to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back in your first tank. Philip, that's code touchdown. All right, Sarah, as we jump into the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, once again, Broncos country, thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day, every single day. Sarah, the Broncos, they're getting busy. Nathaniel Hackett's been working double time to help assemble a staff here for the 2022 NFL season. And a couple of the key dominoes for the offense, they are officially in place as the Broncos have now hired their offensive coordinator. They've also hired a passing game coordinator and a quarterback coach. But first, let's talk about the offensive coordinator. The Broncos hiring former Green Bay Packers Tight end coach Justin Outen, as we've discussed here on the show, who was a candidate prior as the team's official offensive coordinator going into 2022. And obviously, sir, I think some of the moves we're seeing made here by the Broncos and by Nathaniel Hackett is to help revolutionize the Broncos offense with the talent that they have, help modernize it, because really the Broncos ran a West Coast style of scheme last season. However, it was very outdated and it didn't have a lot of the concepts that support what NFL offenses are successful at. And what we see in today's day and game and, and everything else that we see in the on-field product, I'm excited about these moves personally, but I know Broncos fans will have a lot of questions. I know we have mailbag coming up here on tomorrow's episode of the show that will answer a lot of questions. But initially, your thoughts, Broncos have their OC. Isn't it interesting that we're going from a coaching staff that was just absolutely loaded with experience? I mean, you got guys who were head coaches before, offensive coordinators before, pretty much at every position group. And now you've got guys who are mostly unknown. I mean, and they're at least in relatively speaking in terms of what the Broncos are leaving behind. So Nathaniel Hackett, he's going to be calling plays. And Justin Outen, Coming in, he'll be the offensive coordinator by title, and I'll be interested to see what kind of impact he has. I was just writing about this move and thinking to myself, like, man, I hope we get a chance to to hear him speak. I don't know how often, you know, the new offensive coordinator <laughs> has a press conference, but I would love to get to hear him speak and talk about, you know, what it's been like to work with the QB collective, as you've talked about. And, and I think it was interesting to me, too, Cody. Nathaniel Hackett actually mentioned the fact that he he wanted to go coach at Green Bay under Matt LaFleur because he wanted to get versed in that offensive style that you just talked about. And so that's important. Those guys know even Hackett with his roots in the West Coast offense, he understands that the McVeighs, the Shanahan's, the LaFleur's, 
those guys in the NFL, they're the ones that are leading the charge in terms of innovation, in terms of consistent and sustained success. So what are those guys doing? Well, you grab guys that have worked for them or worked with them, right? So you get Outen, who worked for a year with LaFleur in Atlanta and now has worked with him the last few years in Green Bay. And then obviously you bring back a little bit of the, the nostalgia, right? We get a Kubiak back in the building as well. Yeah, no, now Clint Kubiak, he was the former offensive coordinator last year, was a first-year OC for the Minnesota Vikings. He's also a former assistant on the Broncos coaching staff from a couple of years ago. Obviously, when his father, Gary, who we all know and love, helped lead the Broncos to a Super Bowl in his first season as the head coach of the organization. Always a lot of love for Kubes and what he was able to do. But, you know, for Clint Kubiak coming in, he will be the quarterback coach and he'll be the passing game coordinator. Now, Sarah, I think an interesting question I want to pose here, just how what Matt LaFleur did in Green Bay, right? Even though that... We, you had your guys listed as the offensive coordinator uh, and Nathaniel Hackett. We knew that LaFleur called plays. We know Hackett is now going to call plays. So is he going to take a little bit of a page out of LaFleur's book and delegate, right? Because what Matt LaFleur had Hackett do was install the red zone offense. Is he going to have out and install the red zone offense? And is he going to have Clint Kubiak maybe work on third down or, for example, the two-minute drill? Like, I want to see if Hackett is going to be delegating in a sense there because that is something he did mention. He says, we're going to collaborate, we're going to delegate, and we're going to play to the strengths of our players. You can't do that with just one coach. It's that collaborative effort that we're talking about. And based on him assembling this staff right now, I mean, he's going all in on trying to be able to bring the Broncos offense back to life, which I think would be much needed here. But I also think it's good news for the quarterback position because now you can tell the Broncos and this coaching staff are seriously invested in QB development. This move right here, I think, is a great hire with Kubiak coming in as the quarterback coach and passing game coordinator. I think it is, too. I really do. I love this move, even though I saw on Twitter a lot of Vikings fans not too upset to be losing Clint Kubiak. Because their offense was pretty good, too. It's like, for example, Kirk Cousins had one of the best years of his career from an efficiency standpoint. When we talk about touchdown to interception ratio, not to mention all the injuries that they had to overcome this year on the Mm O-line and at the skill player position. I thought that Kubiak, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I thought they got off to a rough start in the preseason early on. But, man, I, they evolved and they got better. And, look, when you lose Dalvin Cook as well, they had a strong emphasis there, though, on running the football. So it's going to help out with what the Broncos want to do. It is. It absolutely is. Establishing that outside zone and really running the football well, running it a lot. Not to mention, I mean, the, the distribution. I was just looking today. Ten touchdowns for Justin Jefferson. Ten touchdowns for Adam Thielen. Six touchdowns for K.J. Osborne. Are you kidding me? I mean, give me a break. You tell me How the many Broncos, did you wouldn't take have. that. How many touchdowns uh, exactly. did he have this season? Three? Jerry Judy, June zero? Three, yeah. Tim Patrick, yeah, we, six? That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying right there. So you're, you're talking about, obviously, Kirk Cousins a different type of player than what the Broncos have. But I just feel right now just more solidified in this. And this is what I talked about way back in December. We got the clip to prove it. I feel like the Broncos are setting up their offensive staff in such a way that you can bring in any type of quarterback into this system. I mean – You're talking about maybe Aaron Rodgers. That would be awesome. But at the same time, and as we're going to talk about in the next segment, like don't be opposed to the alternative options, Broncos country. Don't be opposed to the options that are going to pop up. Of of course, some of them are more exciting than others because we know what we're getting in Aaron Rodgers. We know what we would be getting in a Russell Wilson. But I think keep an open mind just because this coaching staff is being set up for for you to have some long-term success at the QB position. I I like what they're doing. I like the philosophy. Look at the 49ers and what they're doing. They're doing a similar type of deal with different guys, having different roles in the offense, different titles, 
but everything is coming together. Everything's working for them, right? So I think we're obviously looking at, at, at a ton of different teams right now that are adopting this, and I'm really, really excited to see the Broncos doing the same. One is also reported by our Nine News Broncos insider here at Nine News for uh, you know Mike Kliss here that Mike Munchak is unlikely to return to the staff, which I think initially you're going to see outrage from the fans if that does happen. But Kliss did note that there is a small chance he could come back, and it's really dependent upon what Hackett wants to do. And I think that's going to be the big thing. Like for example, Stenovich, I felt like if Stenovich were the guy that was going to come over and be the OC, I felt like Mike Munchak probably would have been gone. But as we talked about with Stenovich being promoted to OC in Green Bay, I mean, what is that? I mean like who are you going to look at bringing in as an offensive line coach because munch is one of the best i think it'd be very hard to let a guy like that go but then again i mean they may know something that we don't necessarily know at the top of it and maybe change might be good for that line room i don't know but like i said i've seen the offensive line for the broncos grow and improve throughout the season losing munch would obviously be a big blow but this is the business side of the nfl so with that said broncos country coming up here in just a moment we'll sarah benger and myself we're gonna give a little bit of a quarterback preview from the senior bowl this week and the senior bowl kicks off in the nfl network and we have our eyes on a couple of quarterbacks and Sarah is encouraging Broncos fans keep your minds open to an alternative possibility we talk about what that means coming up here in just a moment but before I do that let me tell you about betonline.net they're the sponsor of lockdown Broncos here today and betonline.net has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football continues its march to the playoffs right to the big game in just a couple weeks betonline.net remains the best spot for all the your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just football betonline has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops NHL boxing ufc along with live real-time updates of current games don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season bet online where the game starts and our good friends over there rockauto.com ladies and gentlemen if you need anything for your vehicle rockauto.com has everything they have the most reliable service out there they're a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years ladies and gentlemen 20 years of clutch service coming in when you need it the most and i've utilized rockauto.com several times a couple of years ago, I bought a brand new steering wheel cover because the Colorado heat had melted mine. I bought a frost blocker to help block the ice from taking over my windshield in the mornings when I have to preheat my car to go get breakfast or coffee, whatever, or other meetings. RockAuto.com has always came in clutch when I've needed them the most. Why choose to spend up to 50% or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can go to RockAuto.com today? The prices are always reliable, though, for every customer, whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer, and they have everything that you could be looking for. So Go explore the easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs by going to rockauto.com right now and seeing all the parts available for your car or truck based on year, make, and model. They make it easy for you to find what you're looking for. And right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, sir, getting to the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Locked On Broncos, a lot of news around the NFL circuit. We'll touch on the NFL lawsuit that Brian Flores has filed against the NFL and the Denver Broncos. We'll touch on that a little bit tomorrow as we get a little bit more clarification as it's going on, plus your mailbag questions. But, you know, there is a big event here this weekend, sir, that I think that as we prepare for the NFL draft, football fans and Broncos fans need to be paying attention to these positions. We'll focus on quarterback today and what a wide variety of quarterback talent that they do have here at the senior bowl here but it's also prompted you to experience some of the twitter-ness that we see from people when it comes to talking about college quarterbacks and maybe the broncos potentially looking at drafting one so i'm gonna let you take the floor here to start off i love the i love the nfl draft cody you know that as well as anybody i love watching all these prospects and i love you know my evaluation style is a lot different than i think from other people and it's some people share this philosophy as well but i evaluate players 
from the perspective, like they could become the best version of what we see, you know, on the, not necessarily just a highlight reel scouting, but in terms of like the best that you see from these guys, you scout in terms of the best that they can be. And I made a huge mistake a few years back of not believing that Josh Allen could become the best version of himself. And of course, I'm not going to sit here and say every quarterback with potential and traits, you know, could be the next Josh Allen. But what I do want to caution against is just writing off prospects in general before they have a chance to really develop or really prove themselves. I think this year's Senior Bowl crop of quarterbacks is the best that we've seen at the Senior Bowl since that, you know, that year that Josh Allen was there with, you know, he, he was there with Baker Mayfield and a number of other guys. And it was a really highly anticipated deal. The Broncos coaching staff was there and stuff. So this year you've got guys like Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, uh, Carson Strong, Desmond Ritter, Bailey Zappi, that whole group is there at the Senior Bowl this year. And I, I think that a lot of these guys are polarizing. Why? Because on Twitter, everybody's been saying all year, this is the worst quarterback class. This is a terrible quarterback class. And it may not be the best, but yeah, it is groupthink. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's groupthink. And you've already determined that you don't like any of these guys. For what reason? Because somebody said that they don't like them or because somebody said this is a bad class? You got to give these guys a shot. And I think George Payton is doing the right thing by doing due diligence. Obviously, the Broncos have a presence at the Senior Bowl this week. George Payton has already seen a number of these guys play uh, in games this past season, play against each other. In fact, I believe he saw Kenny Pickett go up against Sam Howell, and I believe he saw Malik Willis go up against Matt Corral. So there's there's precedence here, guys. Everybody that's listening right now, you got to understand the Broncos are evaluating these guys. And, and what they're going to be doing right now, we know that based on reports they've already met with Malik Willis, they're going to meet with all these guys and determine whether or not these can be quarterbacks of the future, franchise potential quarterbacks. So to me, Cody, I feel like if you're watching the senior bowl practices, if you're watching this whole offseason unfold for the Denver Broncos, you have to you have to parse things up like Aaron Rodgers is one section of the offseason, like a potential door to go through another potential door could involve one of these guys. So I think it, for your mental sanity and your health personally, keep an open mind about these quarterbacks. I think with the Broncos offensive staff that's following out too, obviously guys like Clint Kubiak, we talk about Justin out and Nathaniel Hackett. I, I'm not at this point too. Like for example, you mentioned Rogers possibility, Russell possibility. Absolutely. I'm not opposed as well to the Broncos going with drafting a young quarterback and allowing that guy to develop. And maybe that guy's not ready year one, or maybe he is right. But here's the deal. Everyone has these projections on where these quarterbacks are going to go. Nobody truly knows who QB one is. We know that all these quarterbacks, they have talented traits to them and all these quarterbacks are well, they have some flaws. That's every quarterback in every cycle. I mean, there's not a lot of generational talent. It's where you get the generational college football talent. Look at Trevor Lawrence, for example, and where he was at in Jacksonville. I mean, he looked rough this year. He did not look the great. And granted, he was not in a good offensive scheme for his strengths. However, it will take time. There are the outliers. So, and yes, Josh Allen is an outlier that happened in year three of his career. But the reality is anybody looking at this year's quarterback class saying, oh, yeah, none of them are going to be worth anything. We simply do not know. We haven't even had the NFL scouting combine yet, sir. We haven't seen these guys play. We're going to see them play this weekend on NFL Network at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Y'all better be tuning into that. That's going to contain a lot of great information. But I think that for the Broncos, what we've seen with George Payton and the scouting department, they go on the road. They do their homework. Kelly Klein is in mobile right now taking notes and, and compiling as much as she can on these quarterback prospects and other players at other positions we'll talk about later on this week but I think it's super important you make a great point 
just because somebody, a draft analyst, whoever you saw say, oh, I don't like this year's quarterback class. People see that. It's the low-hanging fruit. They grab it. They hold on to it. And they say, hey, we're not looking at anybody in this year's quarterback class because nobody's good enough. We simply do not know. And, and we won't know until those players obviously get drafted, put in a position, and we see them play on the field. That's the ultimate determining factor, Sarah. If they weren't good enough, they wouldn't be at the senior bowl. If they weren't good enough, they wouldn't be eligible for the NFL draft, and they more than likely wouldn't go as round one prospects in various cases with some of these prospects. So I agree with you. I'm not opposed to the Broncos going that route. And so Broncos country, I think the big question is, would you be opposed to the Denver Broncos going with the route of going with a young guy that they draft and hopefully put in part of development? This offensive staff right now is a telling sign that the Broncos, they are focused on developing a quarterback. And that maybe mean that we do see Drew Locke one year. Maybe there's competition. Who knows at this point? But you have to keep your eyes open on the possibility. Be prepared to not have Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers. You have to prepare yourself for that possibility. As much as we talk about how nice it would be to have any of those guys, that may not happen. So if that's the case, I would rather the Broncos go with the draft route, find a guy that they really like, and build around him specifically. Now you have the coaching staff. You have the pieces around that guy to do it. I think the Broncos would be all in if that is, in fact, what it took. So, Sarah, uh, obviously a lot of great insight by you. We're going to talk about some more senior bowl positions on tomorrow's episode of the show. We're also going to answer your mailbag questions, Broncos country, that you sent to us on tomorrow's show and Friday's show as we prepare. I'm getting ready to head to Los Angeles here this Sunday for Super Bowl Radio Row. Looking forward to sitting down with some Broncos players, past and present, not to mention get to hang out with Ryan Harris for a little bit, former Denver Broncos Super Bowl 50 champion, by the way, to talk with him about all things NFL and the Super Bowl. But, you know, one thing is for sure, Sarah Benninger and myself, we're going to have you covered every single day, all year long. All things Devil Broncos here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.